This is Rush to Reason. You are going to shut your damn yapper and listen for a change because I got you pegged, sweetheart. You want to take the easy way out because you're scared. And you're scared because if you try and fail, there's only you to blame. Let me break this down for you. Life is scary. Get used to it. There are no magical fixes. With your host, John Rush. My advice to you is to do what your parents did. Get a job first. You haven't made everybody equal. You've made them the same, and there's a big difference. Let me tell you why you're here. You're here because you know something. What you know you can't explain, but you feel it. You felt it your entire life, that there's something wrong with the world. You don't know what it is, but it's there. It is this feeling that has brought you to me. Are you crazy? Am I? Or am I so sane that you just blew your mind? It's Rush to Reason with your host, John Rush. Presented by High Five Plumbing, where every call ends with a high five. All right, we are back. Hour number two. Thanks for listening. Rush to Reason, Denver's Afternoon Rush, KLZ 560. As I said a moment ago, Pam Knutson joining us now. Uh, Pam, welcome back. How are you today? I'm good. How are you, John? I'm doing very well. And as I said earlier, folks, uh, make sure I'm saying this right. Avalara, is that right, Pam? Am I saying that correctly? Avalara. Avalara. Okay. You've been, uh, or it's been in the industry, I should say, since 2012, and you guys handle all of the, you know, tax payments and so on that happen, all the regulatory things when it comes to short-term rentals. And what I wanted to bring you on for is there's a lot of things changing. I don't know where this is happening at in the country, but here in Colorado, and you may not even be aware of this, not only are the counties going after short-term rentals and try to reclassify things. We have got a proposed bill that they're actually on the preliminary stages of working on here in Colorado that would come out here uh, when session starts again. And they are going to try to change the rules in Colorado to where any short-term rental that rents over 90 days a year would be now reclassified as commercial property. Yes, I have. I am aware that that's pending out there. Okay. Uh, and again, folks in Colorado, if you've got a short-term rental, you can actually contact uh, your local representatives and, and have some input into that. Uh, where it goes from here, Pam, of course, no one knows yet because we haven't gotten that far. But a question I have for you, and this is, and I, I know you don't know the minds of all of the different entities that are out there, but I get the push to try to get more revenue from some of these sorts of, of entities. But in the end, will they not just encourage people to, in this case in Colorado, stay under the 90 days a year and therefore not even giving some of these cities and counties the revenue they had prior? Yeah, it could be a number of things. It could cause them to do that. It could cause them to go basically, in a sense, underground where, you know, they're not listing through any of the main platforms. So they're still doing it, but now they're not in compliance anywhere. So you're not even getting the lodging tax revenue out of it because they're underground. Um, And it's also going to decrease revenues from the lodging tax. So you may be getting increased property taxes, but now you're going to decrease revenue from the lodging tax. And if they don't rent it as much, you've got less tourists coming into the area. So now you're also impacting the local small businesses that cater to those tourists, whether it's the restaurants, the grocery stores, the salons, you know, the retail shops, any of those types of things that now won't have those tourist dollars coming in as well, not to mention the the, the small local businesses like landscapers or house cleaners Correct. that actually support Correct. those short-term rentals. That's right. Yeah, and, and I have one, so full disclosure, and all of you know that I have one of these, and I don't rent a 
And I'll, I'll full disclosure, I don't rent over 90 nights a year, so this particular uh, ruling, Pam, for me personally, probably won't have much effect on me. But it's still a big deal to me, and I want to watch it closely because I'm also one that believes if they if they can do 90 days, well, then when does it become 60 days or 30 days? Or if you rent three or four nights a year, you're now classified as commercial. So I'm also one of those that know that they can kind of keep inching this this goalpost, if you would, along the way and make it to where anything that is listed on any kind of a platform is now a commercial property. So I'm still paying very close attention to it. But, you know, you are right. I mean, even for me, and I'm a pretty handy guy, but I don't live there. I don't have the ability to meet the needs of something that would happen on an immediate basis. So there are people that I will call and employ and do the things that you just mentioned a moment ago that are adding to the economy of that local area. Exactly. So the question is really, what is the problem that we're trying to solve here? If it's increased revenues, is it really going to do that? Or is it going to be just changing where the revenue comes from? And in the meantime, you're hurting the local businesses in this process. Um, You know, you also have to look at, again, for those people who, who can't afford their second home without being able to rent it out, you know, four to six months out of the year, and they now go to sell it, is that going to put a glut and it's going to lower prices? Um, Well, and by the way, here in Colorado, frankly, Pam, I think what you just said is the answer. I don't think they're going to get this, but the answer that I think uh, to the question here in Colorado with a lot of these counties, and I can't say it for sure because I don't know them, although I've read enough and I follow this pretty closely, what they would love to have happen is what you just said, because they feel like the best way to combat our lack of housing in Colorado, especially in resort areas, is to force the sale of some of these properties off. Because in their mind, they feel like they're now going to have more, quote unquote, affordable housing for the folks that work in those towns. Pam, I don't think that will ever happen and nothing could be farther from the truth. And I agree. I mean, when you look at what is out there on the short term rental market, it's not a house that even that you know, even if the prices were to drop a little bit, it's still not a house that your average list operator is going to be able to afford or your average grocery clerk is going to be able to afford. So they're not meeting the affordable housing need. That's a different dynamic. That's a different demographic that they need to take a look at and say, how do we actually meet that need? Um, And again, if you're dropping the tourists, you might be actually impacting those exact people's jobs. That's right. On top of that, there's folks and there's been stories of this here, Pam, and I, I know folks like this to where they actually buy a home. Maybe a couple of individuals go together, they buy a four or five bedroom home that they can afford the two bedrooms of. So they rent out two or three other bedrooms on a regular routine basis, short term rental, not on a long term lease basis. They like the short term basis because, frankly, there's more rev- more revenue for them. They use that to offset the mortgage that they couldn't have afforded otherwise. But in doing so, it enables them to live somewhere they wouldn't otherwise live. So, Pam, to me, not only is what you just said going to happen, but on top of that, now they're going to take away some of the ability for those folks to live in those areas as well. You're correct. And we've actually heard that from other communities as well with, that have done you know, similar type things is saying, look, you're actually impacting my ability to afford the house I live in right. because I can no longer rent it out. Right. And I, again, I don't know in the end I mean, I do know they're all trying to figure out a way to make houses more affordable. Unfortunately, and Pam, this is an answer I don't have. I, I am not, uh, I don't live in that world. I don't know all of these answers. Uh, I know that when it, it is simple supply and demand, 
And anytime you have an area, a resort area especially, where there's limited areas to even build and put things up that allow folks to live there, anytime there's less of something, the price is automatically going to go up. And I don't think there's a single thing that any, any government entity can do to stop that. Agreed. You know, it is very much a supply and demand scenario. And, you know, one of the things to look at is, is there a different way? If it's a short-term housing implication, is there a different way to look at this? You know, I've seen some communities that have increased the annual fee for a short-term rental permit, but they've done that to say this fee is specifically earmarked to help with short or with affordable housing, right. whether it be subsidies to people based on an income basis, whether it be any number of things, whether it be, you know, creating a short-term housing development or something like that, but they've done it differently by saying these fees for short-term rentals, you know, the annual permit fee is specifically earmarked for affordable housing needs. And so there's a lot of different ways to really kind of take a look at this. So the question still always comes back to what's the problem that they're trying to solve and will this actually solve the problem and what other problems could it create? And I don't know that government, well, I'll, I'll go out on a limb here. I, you can agree or disagree. It doesn't matter. I'll say it anyways. My problem is, I just talked about this closing out our, our last segment. Not all politicians, by the way, are really good at the things you and I are talking about. They're good at getting elected, and they've got the ability and their personality and their persona to make that happen. But no offense, Pam, they don't necessarily have the nuts and bolts to really make the kind of decisions that you and I are talking about right now. So then they listen to all these different lobbying groups around them, which, by the way, this kind of ties into this. I've heard through the grapevine that at least here in Colorado, one of the biggest entities that's lobbying for the things you and I are talking about right now in regards to changing short-term rentals into commercial property uh, classification are the timeshare companies. That industry is pushing hard because I guess they may feel it might level the playing field for them. So again, everybody's always got their finger in the pot. And my problem is I'm not sure politicians really understand the ramifications of each decision they make. Yeah, and I think that the big piece here is that people need to be making data-driven decisions. Correct. And, Correct. And so they need to be able to gather that data, and they need to evaluate it, and it needs to be done by an objective third party who doesn't have, who doesn't have, you know, a horse in this. There's no stake in the game. That's right. That's yeah, right. They don't have a stake in the game. They are just like, hey, here's what's going to happen here, here, and here, so that you get a really good analysis of the pros and cons of every decision. And therefore, you can make what is the best decision for the overall community, not just for whoever happens to be sitting across you across from you at the desk. Now, I also know you guys uh, most likely can provide some of that data, but you guys, though, also do have a stake in the game because if more of these go away, you don't have the ability to collect and help and handle and, frankly, make money off of doing the things that are that are done in that area. Am I right in saying that? Well, we do handle, yeah, the short-term rentals. And, you know, so, yes, if there's fewer short-term rentals, we also handle hotels Correct. and everything else. So, you know, the, the pot's pretty big out there, so it's not It's not a huge, huge a, thing you for know. you. But, 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 again, you guys do have that data that would support the things you and I are talking about, right? Yeah, we have some of that data, absolutely. So here's a question for you, and maybe you know it, maybe you don't. How many of these types of, of lawmakers have contacted you for that data? None. <laughs> <laughs> Why am I not shocked, Pam? Why am I not shocked? 
You have it right in front of you. You could give this easily to even folks here in Colorado to show how this works, and yet none have reached out. I, I, I'm not shocked. So, yeah, I mean, I think it is just one of those things that, you know, it's, it is something that, you know, a well-thought-out process would actually do is to say, let's get somebody involved who can give us the necessary data, who can, you know, map this all out for us so that we can make this decision well thought out and determine what is the best impact for the overall community. Yep, I, I fully agree. How do folks find you, Pam? Um, www.avalara.com is the best place to go. Okay. Pam, as always, I appreciate you joining us. And I know it was a little bit short notice, but thank you for doing it. It was perfect timing given what we have going on this week here in Colorado. No problem. Anytime, John. Thank you very much. I appreciate it. Have a great rest of your day. And yeah, folks, that's a big deal. Some of you may or may not even have a short-term rental. You may know somebody that does, or at some point in time, you may want one. This could affect you as well. So I know some of you are thinking, ah, it doesn't affect me. I I don't own one. Why does it matter? Well, it does for a lot of people that either have them and or stay in them. Keep in mind, supply and demand. If there's less opportunity to go do short-term rental, and instead you have to go rent a hotel room instead. And if there's less of those overall rooms available, all that happens is the prices of those other rooms go up in correlation to how many less rooms there are in the market. So yes, at the end of the day, this does have huge impact on all of us. Hi-Fi Plumbing is next. Don't let plumbing have an impact on you. Call Hi-Fi today, 877-WE-HI-FIVE. Low water pressure can ruin your day, but high water pressure can damage your fixtures and appliances, and High Five Plumbing can help you prevent it. High pressure causes water to flow too powerfully through your pipes, so when it comes to the end of a line, it slams into your fixture or appliance, causing damage that potentially voids the warranty on the appliance or fixture. So if you're hearing banging in your pipes that sounds like this, you may have water pressure that's far too high. There are many factors that can affect water pressure, so Hi5 installs a device to measure and regulate that pressure so you're not damaging your toilets, faucets, fridges, or anything else in your home that uses water. For water pressure that's out of control or even just to find out if it is, call Hi5 for that at 1-877-WE-HI5 or go to klzradio.com plumbing and tell them you're a KLZ listener for $50 off your repair. All right, veteran windows and doors and that front door and the security of is a big deal. Find out not only how secure yours is, but what you can do to upgrade it at veteran windows and doors. Give them a call today. Find them at klzradio.com. Veteran windows and doors realizes that your front door is your home's signature statement, and they can perfect the design and installation at a fraction of the cost. You want a front door that is energy efficient, durable, and increases the value of your home. That's why Veteran uses Provia Signet doors with the highest quality materials and customization options to match your home's unique style. Owner Dave Bancroft is confident he can beat any national company's price for Provia doors by 30 to 50%. There's no reason to pay more for the same door. And Provia recommends Veteran windows and doors for installation of their products because they know that Veteran uses a stricter installation method above what is required. You get a gorgeous, right-for-your-home door at the best price and installed correctly. To design your home's new front door with veteran windows and doors, go to klzradio.com window. 
That's klzradio.com slash window. Bruce Simmons, if you've ever had a question on a reverse mortgage and you've heard lots of horror stories, but you want to know what the real skinny is on it, give Bruce a call today. He is a professor of reverse mortgages. Find Bruce at klzradio.com. A reverse mortgage is not the impossibility you once thought. If you're properly prepared, KLZ's reverse mortgage expert, Bruce Simmons, can uniquely provide the expertise and advice that you need to eliminate your mortgage payment and do what you've always doubted could be done, give you more cash flow. Of course, you still need to pay your own property taxes and insurance, but eliminating your principal and interest payment will allow you to live a more financially comfortable lifestyle in your retirement. By calling Bruce to help you get this going now, you can move forward before additional rate increases take effect, and he can always help you go back and get more money when interest rates start to ease. Don't assume. Call the expert we trust for real and honest advice about your reverse mortgage. Call Bruce Simmons today at 303-467-7821. That's 303-467-7821. Or schedule online now at klzradio.com slash reverse. NMLS 409914. American Liberty Mortgage is an equal housing lender. Putting reason into your afternoon drive. This is John Rush. All right, Rush to Reason, Denver's Afternoon Rush, KLZ 560. A topic that's getting a lot of press right now, and I'll talk about this a little bit before uh, my son Richard joins me. And I may not have a chance to get to all of this. We may have to come back to this in the last hour. But there's the anti-drunk driving technology that's been worked into the infrastructure bill. And this was passed, and it was tried. Massey tried to run a vote over the weekend to defund that portion of the infrastructure bill. It failed, and frankly failed because of Republicans. You can go out online and find out who those were. Now, I, being a car guy, and I'm getting lots of requests for people to come on air and talk about this, and I'll be honest with you, I'm not going to interview anybody on this. And here's why. They don't know any more about it than I do. Sorry, they don't. There's a lot of so-called quote-unquote experts that will tell you that they're an expert on this, and they're not. You can read the bill for yourself, read exactly what it says, and by the way, and this is not because I'm I'm a liberal by any means, nowhere in it is there a mention of a kill switch. That's what this is being called, but it's not there. A lot of that is, is our side, I believe, and we can do this at times, really sort of, uh, building some excitement and stuff, not saying there doesn't need to be any in it, but this is one of those areas where we're, we're, I think, making this a bigger deal than we probably need to. Now, I'm also one that I hate mandates from government on whatever the car built, you know, car makers have to do. That included, I've talked about, you know, TPMS, which is tire pressure monitoring systems, which we now have because of the Explorer Firestone debacle back in the 2000s really took ahead uh, in about 2010. And and to this day, everybody on a new car, most of you driving right now, have a tire pressure monitoring system. That's because of that. So what government always does is they look at a quote-unquote problem. In that case, it was explorers that were having blowouts rolling over and killing people. And instead of looking at what caused this, let's have a new 
law on new cars, that means every single tire will be monitored, and if there's a low pressure, that light will come on telling the driver that there's a low-pressure tire. Most people, by the way, have learned to ignore that because it's so faulty. So we have a hard time as an industry even making that work efficiently. I have no idea, folks, how in the world they're going to put technology in. They've got two years to talk about this, implement it. Some are saying this will be out on 2026 model years. I don't see that happening. I'm sorry, folks. That is, again, a lot of hype that I just don't see happening. That's a year away. Two, I guess, but really not that far. You'll see 2025s towards the, you know, less than a year away. So I guess it's two years out. It's not going to happen. You're not going to see that in 2026. The technology that they're talking about, by the way, or what's in the bill, is they want automakers to come up collectively with a solution that would either keep the vehicle from operating if you're drunk or limit its ability. So in other words, maybe you got the vehicle started, but all of a sudden... Uh, it's, it's apparent that the, that the driver is impaired somehow. By the way, that impairment could be just from sleep. They want a system whereby the vehicle will not do certain things, i.e. you'll have to end up pulling over to the side of the road in a safe manner. Nothing in there talks about it being a kill switch. With your, if you're going down the road and all of a sudden it, it determines that you're drunk, it's going to put you over on the side of the road. It, it doesn't say that. Again, there's nothing in this bill that says there's a kill switch. We have that wrong on our side. Now, again, am I, a fav- am I in favor of this? Absolutely not. No, I'm not in favor of this. Would I have liked to have seen this defunded? Absolutely. Unfortunately, as with some of the things I just talked about with our last guest, we have a lot of politicians don't even understand basic systems and how things work, and yet they're making the laws. They're telling everybody else how to do it when, in fact, they have no clue how that industry especially works. I also will tell you that there's already technology on a lot of cars, not all, but on a lot of vehicles that are already looking at your eyes, your movements, your head bobs. Are you distracted or not? There's already technology in cars that look at some of those things. In fact, there are some vehicles that if you... Don't move the wheel very much. Maybe you're on a really, really straight road and you don't have to and you don't, you don't move the wheel much to where it would almost feel like your hands aren't on the wheel. It will tell you, put your hands back on the wheel, yet they're already there. So, again, is this technology perfected? Far from it. We don't even have the self-driving end of things perfected yet. I don't know how in the world they're going to get manufacturers to come up with a system that readily assesses somebody behind the wheel that has a blood alcohol content of 0.08 or higher. Yes, they can look at pupils and do a few things along those lines, but to really delve into what are you blowing, quote-unquote, without a device in the car to do so, there'll be no way for them to tell. Now, can they put sensors in the car that can sniff what's in the air and so on? Yeah, but not in the same way that you would if you were actually... the reason I know about some of the DUI devices is because when I owned my repair facilities back in the day, we used to install them. We called them blow-and-goes. You had to blow in the device to get it to go. We called them blow-and-goes. It's a part of what's mandated if you have a DIA or DIA. If you have a DUI, it's a part of your mandate to keep your license and keep driving. You have to put one of – they're called interlocks. That's the technical name. You have to put an interlock on the car to be able to drive said car, and I used to put those on. 
So I know I know quite a bit about that arena because I've been involved in that end of it as a provider of them at one time. Did that for 10 plus years. So point being, knowing how that technology worked and knowing that you're now going to incorporate this into every vehicle, I'll be anxious to see how the manufacturers themselves push back on this and determine how is this even going to work. And my gut feeling is it will be either something that won't allow the car to start initially because you're impaired and or it will give you warnings if they find out you're driving and you're impaired and you will have ample opportunity to pull over. I I just don't see it being a kill switch. I'm sorry, folks. I'm not going to call it that. I don't see it being that. And again, to set the record straight, am I in favor of this? No. But is it as bad and grotesque as a lot of folks out there think it is? No. The answer lies somewhere in between. Is it nanny-ish? Yes, it is. On the same token, as I said earlier, because we have over 44,000 deaths a year from drunk driving, yes, government is going to do something. Every state has tried to do things, but people continue to drive drunk. As long as they keep driving drunk, you're going to have these sorts of things crop up. The other thing about this that I always have to remind people of, and I'm a big believer in this, driving is a privilege, not a right. Now, some will argue with me on that, but there's no, no place in the Constitution that says you have the right to drive. You have the right to movement and to freely move about. How that's done, there's nothing in the Constitution that says so. So I am not somebody that says you have a right to drive. Driving is a privilege. That's why there is a license. And you have to pass a driving test to have said license. Not much of a test anymore because there's a lot of knucklehead drivers. But you get what I mean by that. So I try to look at this very reasonable. I read this today, by the way, to make sure that I knew exactly what it said, which, by the way, I doubt a lot of folks are in favor of of or opposed half. They'll just go on Facebook or wherever and start posting things. Know what you're posting and what it says before posting it. Is this bad? Folks, I don't know yet. We, it hasn't gotten to that point. I, I don't know. Do I want it? No. I like vehicles even less technical than they are right now, but... They're going to get more technical. That's just the way it is. Get used to it. You're not going to get around that. We talk about this on Drive Radio every weekend, every Saturday, exhaustively. Vehicles are going to be more technical, not less. It's just the nature of them. There's also, people have forgotten this. There's a a part of the infrastructure law that passed. Every automaker has to figure out ways to make the vehicle immovable, If you put it in drive and open the door, that doesn't exist on most vehicles today. It does on some, but not all. That's also a new technology that's coming down the pike, which is also not being talked about. So there's a few other things in there when involving vehicles that no one's talking about. And again, all of them you know, have a concern to me because it's going to drive the prices of vehicles up. So let's take a break. We'll come right back. Get to Richard Golden Eagle Financial is next. And we had a great conversation with David Wright in the first hour. We have our own local person you can talk to one-on-one, and that is Al Smith at Golden Eagle Financial. Call Al today. Find him at klzradio.com. Al Smith of Golden Eagle Financial knows that now is the time to start planning for retirement. The older we get, the faster time seems to pass. 
Having Al coach you through your retirement plan means you won't waste a second. He will ensure that your retirement accounts respond quickly to changes in the market and changing regulations. Al Smith also knows that the most successful retirees he's helped have come to him long before they retired. Retirement may seem far away, but everything is relative and those days will pass faster with each sunrise. You want to enjoy the best days of your retirement. Travel, give, volunteer, and truly live in your retirement by contacting Al Smith of Golden Eagle Financial at klzradio.com slash money today. Investment advisory services offered through Brookstone Capital Management, LLC. Registered investment advisor, BCM, and Golden Eagle Financial Limited are independent of each other. Insurance products and services are not offered through BCM, but are offered and sold through individually licensed and appointed agents. All right, Kurt Rogers, Affordable Interest Mortgage. We'll talk to Kurt at 5 o'clock. In the meantime, his direct line, 720-895-0500. Got too much debt but a low rate on your mortgage? Worried that rates aren't going to go down fast enough? Need relief now? Take AIM, Affordable Interest Mortgage, 720-895-0500. Before your property tax and homeowner insurance goes up, we can help you lower your monthly payments, pay off your debt, and lower the amount of interest you pay. We have been changing lives in Colorado for over 20 years. Take AIM, 720-895-0500, and let our experience continue to save you money. Want to downsize but can't qualify with a current mortgage and a new one? Been told you have to sell your house for the down payment? That debt ratio is too high? We can help. Take AIM, 720-895-0500. Use your equity for the down payment and debts, qualify only on the new mortgage payment, and have no more contingency offers. Take AIM, Affordable Interest Mortgage. Our experience can save you money. 720-895-0500. That's 720-895-0500. And MLS, 298-191, regulated by DORA, equal credit lender. All right, Premier Home Remodels. Make sure that you're dialed in this winter when it comes to any remodel projects you might be thinking of even and have them start or have them help you from start to finish. Find them at klzradio.com. Premier Home Remodels can turn your remodeling ideas into reality with their 3D digital rendering of your home project. Premier can prevent any surprises by creating this clear picture of what your project will look like upon completion. This 3D digital rendering breaks down the whole process from the design to construction work, while also showing you every detail of the tile, cabinets, structure, and more. Premier will help eliminate any guesswork on what your updated remodel might look like by showing you the reality of how it will turn out. Premier also works with you to customize your ideas within your budget. This gives you the next level detail, not just visually, but also financially. Premier Home Remodels always takes the time with you to fine-tune every design aspect to fit your specific needs and desires. To see the full picture of what your remodel will look like, go to klzradio.com slash remodel. That's klzradio.com slash remodel. Cub Creek, if you've uh, thought of changing out your furnace, getting a more high-efficiency furnace, or you just have problems with your existing furnace, they can help you with that as well. Cub Creek Heating and Air Conditioning, find them at klzradio.com. As the cold winter approaches, so does the dry winter air. And Cub Creek has what you need to keep your house from drying out. When the climate in a home is too dry, it can lead to annoying things like dry skin, static shocks, nosebleeds, and allergy issues. But it can also lead to serious health concerns, such as respiratory issues like asthma, immune system problems, and sinus infections. In addition to the health issues, dry air in your home can decimate hardwood floors, cabinets, and other wood in your home, leaving you with costly repairs in short order. 
Cub Creek partners with April Air Humidifiers, and they can accommodate any size or style of home with both steam and fan-powered humidifiers. And if a whole home humidifier isn't right for you, Cub Creek will recommend a smaller unit that they trust. The Ream Certified Pro Partners at Cub Creek genuinely care about your home and comfort. So reach out today by going to klzradio.com slash HVAC today. Now back to Rush to Reason, presented by High Five Plumbing, where every call ends with a high five. All right, and we are back. Richard, my son, joining us now. Richard, give us an update. I know the Broncos play tonight. We'll see how that ends, but what else happened over the weekend? They do, yeah. Broncos play tonight. Got a great chance against a Bills team that is kind of notorious for, for turnovers. So we'll see. Kind of made our predictions on Friday. We'll see if mine, hopefully, over Andy's comes true. Uh, but, yeah, the biggest news, well, see you played again, Dad. Another close loss. Three. We'll that. Lost by and three. In his he lost by three. They they are you know Bobby Bowden at Florida State. He used to he he would say that you know as a team you know this is kind of your phases of winning right or of of, build, of team building culture building whatever you want to say it right you lose by a lot you lose by a little you then win by a little and then you win by a lot yeah, now true. that's not true in every situation right and and Coach Bowden was you're probably saying it in, as a, you know maybe a especially at Florida State or something like that. But when you're coming in, and a lot of people are, are, are going to mark this as, as a failure of a season. And, and my disappointed, Dad, I am. Because I would people. Um, and granted, we've got two games left, and we still have a chance to be bowl eligible. Um, and mainly because that gives you some extra practices and some things like that that allow you to get some more work in as a team that if you're not bowl eligible – you don't get right. You got to be right. done after at the end of your right. your season. And so, you know, if I'm being honest, did I think that we could? Yes. And do I think that some of these games are some bad coaching decisions? Oregon State. We feel, yeah. Even Arizona last week, you know, there's a few questionable things that make me wonder if Dion is not your typical player. That's just kind of again, he needs to right and understand some clock management things there. But at the same time, Dad, we also have to look at CU's average last year was thirty points. Okay, you've only had you've only had you've only had one true, true, true uh, blowout this year, and that was Oregon, right? Where you just got wiped off of the face of you know the, the planet. You you shouldn't have been in the same stadium as that team. And so it changed, and, and this year it's been close. You've had lots of close games, whether you want to argue that those are close games at the end or whatever it might be. Ultimately, you've got some close games that have happened, and so I'm excited about next year, Dad. I think that CU will do well. They're going to be bringing back quite a few people. I think Dion's going to remake the offensive line, which is going to end up helping everyone as a whole. And, yeah, ultimately I think that it'll be a better overall um I guess kind of season it as a whole, but it's disappointing nonetheless. But that leads me to what happened yesterday in college football, Dad, which was Jimbo Fisher, the head coach at Texas A&M, right. was fired. Now, some people say, well, Richard, why are you talking about a guy at Texas A&M who was fired? You know, that's either sad or really doesn't matter. Well, because Dion's going to be linked to, to that job quite a bit because he's got quite a few um, – 
Well, he's got Texas ties, but I don't think he's going there for a few reasons. The big thing is that if I told you I was going to fire you from your job and you were going to be paid $75 million to do so. Fire me. I'm good. See you. You can go get another job doing anything you want, and I don't have to deduct any amount that I owe you. Yeah, yeah, at that point, it's sort of... I mean, that just shows you how much money is in some of those arenas to pay a guy almost $80 million to leave is ridiculous. Well, well, did Texas say him royally? You broke up. They said they did what, Richard? Say that again. Texas A&M did what? Um, A&M did not put any offset in his deal, which uh, is, you know, basically if he gets a job someplace else, that amount, that amount that they owe him is deducted, right? Well, they didn't. They didn't end up doing that for whatever reason. They thought he had a really good agent, I bet. So, little known fact, and I apologize for service here driving, his agent is actually sexted. And that may not ring a lot of bells for a lot of people, but that's Tim Tebow's agent, oh, along okay. with a lot of other agents. Jimmy Sexton is kind of the biggest power broker in all of college football. Got it. Um, just with he controls a lot of the coaches, a lot of the SEC coaches. Um, a lot of the, basically a lot of the top guys in the league is, is, is who he controls. So, okay. anyways, without saying this, that basically Texas A&M, who is one of the most culture or not culture resource rich programs in the entire country, essentially is firing their head coach for ultimately a cost of close to 150 million because they have the 75 that they have to pay Jimbo. They have to. They're going to have to let go of his staff, and most of those contracts are guaranteed for about another twenty-five. So that takes you up to a hundred, and then they're going to have to bring in a new head coach, pay him about eight, eight million, depending on which coach they get. Maybe you know seven to ten million dollars a year, and bring in a whole new staff that way. So it's going to be about a hundred and fifty to one hundred and seventy-five million dollar proposition by the time it's all said and done. And so to your point, the big money that is involved in this stuff. And by the way, you know, some people here in Colorado think that we're paying Dion big money. We're not even scratching the surface, Dad. I mean, yeah, it's yeah, just... That, yeah, good point. It's next level. <laughs> good point. That's minimal. Uh, okay, and, and again, to your point earlier, there's a lot of scuttlebutt about, you know, Dion going there. They're going to try to, you know, entertain that and so on and so forth. I, I personally just don't see that happening. Um, I would be shocked if that did. Now, granted, if somebody, you know, if they were coming along and offering... A big, huge payout. I, you know, I, I guess you'd have to really look at that. But I just don't see him going that direction. I feel like he started something here. He wants to finish, but maybe I'm wrong. Yeah. Well, you, you're you're gonna hit the nail on the head, Dad. Which is is a he's a finisher, right? He's not going to just start something just out of sake of and. I think that's the biggest indicator for him is is he said he wants to be here. He wants to be here long-term, and he wants to finish what he started. Now, you could argue that's a national championship, if that's maybe a conference championship in the Big 12. Whatever you want to argue, right? Mm-hmm. And not to mention his Shadur transfers here, so that he used the one, his, his one-time transfer. You can transfer anywhere and play right away. Travis Hunter, who he calls as his, another one of his kids. Shiloh, another one of his kids transferred here. And now he could probably go play right away because he would be a graduate. But basically the rules don't allow for Shadur and Travis unless they graduate, which would be hard to do after playing two and three years, um, or you know, three and two years respectively. So ultimately I'm with you. I don't think so. And, you know, outside of those reasons, like you said, 
I just feel like Dion likes to finish what he starts, and to me, that's what this screams of. So okay. I'm not worried about it. And some people are, you know, kind of upset, and you know, he may leave, and you know, all these sorts of things. I'm not there yet. I, I, I'm okay with whatever he decides to do. You know, I, I think he'll stay. I just think that's who he is. He's kind of sp- said the truth the entire time. True. Um, and personally, I'll be honest, I think A&M, well, I'll, say, I'll say this in one last thing before we go. DU and Dion sort of kind of, I'll just say it, not really meeting what their expectations are down the stretch is helping, right? Because other programs are looking at Dion as being four and six on the year, he only has, you know, his record is, is, I think, like three and something against Power 5 schools or two and something against them. Not really, you know, three three and I think whatever it might be, I think I guess three and five against Power 5 school. Not great. Mind you that Jimbo Fisher won almost twice as many games at Texas A&M as he lost, hmm. and he's still being fired. Gotcha. So um, they want to win. Um, I think Dion will be safe, and that'll be a good thing for us at CU yeah. because, and we can talk about this at a later point in time, but numbers are up and they're only going to keep going higher. Okay, we'll be right back. Ridgeline Auto Brokers talking about vehicles, which we'll do a review when we come back. If you're looking for a new used vehicle, they're the place to go. Find them at RidgelineAutoBrokers.com. Are you in the market for a reliable car that won't break the bank? Drive Radio sponsor, Ridgeline Auto Brokers specializes in quality used cars that cost between fifteen dollars to $25,000, making them a great option for first-time drivers or anyone looking for a good deal. They pride themselves on providing a transparent and hassle-free car buying experience. That's why at Ridgeline, they never charge a dealer fee. Plus, all vehicles are inspected by Legacy Automotive, a Colorado Select member and sponsor of Drive Radio. For a limited time, they are offering first-time customers the first oil change for only $1. Every car comes with a 30-day warranty, with the option to purchase a service contract. And at Ridgeline Auto Brokers, there are competitive financing options to fit your budget. If you cannot make it to the dealership in person, there are videos of all Ridgeline cars for sale on their website at RidgelineAutoBrokers.com. Call today at 303-442-4141 to schedule a test drive or visit RidgelineAutoBrokers.com. Ridgeline Auto Brokers, the smartest way to buy a car. And if you've got any kind of garage door problem, give Pops Garage Door the call today. Find him at KLZRadio.com. Pops Garage Door knows that nobody wants the frustration of trying to leave your house only to discover that your garage door won't open. You want a garage door that lasts a lifetime. And Pops Garage Door is the company who can guarantee that will happen. This is why Pops uses LiftMaster Garage Doors with a lifetime warranty. The new and improved LiftMaster Garage Door is whisper quiet with built-in brighter LED lights that never need replacing and a camera for your safety and convenience. Pops doesn't want you to hassle with your garage door not working, so they offer the highest quality garage doors. LiftMaster doors also come with a backup battery, a keypad, and sensors to help keep your home safe and secure. These newest features allow you to conveniently open and close your garage door with your cell phone, so no more worrying about deliveries. You want to rely on your garage door for years, so upgrade your garage with a LiftMaster from Pops Garage Door by going to klzradio.com slash garage. That's klzradio.com slash garage. Cybersecurity, a big deal, especially in business. Give John the Cyber Guy a call today, 720-593-6688. 
John the Cyber Guy is keenly aware that there are bad people out there who want to steal your company's data and money. You hear about it all the time. A hacker steals sensitive customer information and demands a ransom before leaking it to the public or selling it on the dark web. Or a hacker enters a company's private network through an employee's home computer. The cost of ransomware and the associated loss of reputation from these attacks can cripple your business. John Kanata, the cyber guy, will protect your business and your customers from these bad actors. He and his team know the complex and ever-changing world of cybersecurity. They'll monitor your systems and protect your business from security threats around the clock. And they can do it at a price that works with your small business budget. Wondering if your business is vulnerable to the latest threats? Talk to John the Cyber Guy today to find out what they can do to properly protect your business. Go to klzradio.com slash cyber or call 720-593-6688. Is the cost of replacing your old copier with a new one a shock to your budget? I'm Josh, a technician with Business Equipment Service. We specialize in premium, like-new copiers and printers that have had very minimal usage. They look like new, they work like new, and are backed by our 12-month performance warranty. It's as new as you can get without the box. At Business Equipment Service, you don't get less, you just pay less. Check us out at BESofColorado.com. We don't yell at you, we inform you. Now, back to Rush to Reason. And we are back. Rush to Reason, Denver's Afternoon Rush, KLZ 560. We drove a couple of cars here recently. I have one. Richard, you do as well. I'll let you start. You drove a 2023 Volvo XC90 Recharge, which essentially is a plug-in SUV. Am I right? Correct. Yep, it's a plug-in hybrid SUV on their biggest SUV platform, which can seat seven, depending on you how how you outfit it, which we'll talk about in a second. But, yeah, plug-in hybrid, Dad, for Volvo's kind of top-of-the-line premium you know, pr- premium SUV. Uh, this is luxury product, Dad. You can get these cars anywhere from, uh, um, I guess, about $73,000 to about $81,000, which okay. is the car that we drove. Again, that plug-in hybrid. You're able to get about 40 miles on one charge, and you can plug that in overnight. And you're not going to quite get it from zero to 40 kind of in a 12-hour time frame, but you'll probably get it from zero to 25 or 30 or so, which is, again, for a lot of people, probably would work, right, depending on your commute and where you're traveling to. And, and I actually think that's kind of the future. Outside of that, their engine technology, obviously, it's integrated. It goes to a hybrid mode. We, you know, once you, your, the battery drops below a certain threshold. Um, and that actually works, too, because it's got a pep, it's pep and step especially here at our altitude, you meet that with kind of the electric um, drive system, and it really gets up and goes. You can merge into traffic really well, not have any issues. It's nice and quiet on the inside. Um, about my only complaints on the car, Dad, are, and I'll just say it, um, uh, have, you know, my, for my, obviously my wife's car is, is a little bit bigger, one of the larger kind of body-on-frame SUVs that's out there. I'm used to that, but I always like to get into these other cars, and it just takes a little bit getting used to because the seats are smaller. The room is smaller. That third row is really not meant for a full-size adult by mm. any means or even potentially a full-size child, right? Just depending on how old, how big your kid is, they're going to struggle to get in that third row. Granted, it does have a third row in case of an emergency sort of situation, but ultimately um, I'm not sure I would use that for long road trips. Um, and out, but outside of that, that's great car. 
Um, you have to be the judge if you kind of if the money works right for you. But you and I have talked about that in quick opinion on this. The plug-in hybrid kind of variations of these cars versus the full electric is probably the way to go, especially on these heavier, larger SUVs, right? I agree. I think it works very well. We talked about that a little bit even uh, last week and just in general. And, uh, yeah, I, I do think that's a great technology. I think that gives them an edge, by the way, at times. And I think, yeah, it, it works very, very well. And again, like I said, folks, if you're scared of the you know the battery, whatever, you don't even have to plug it in each side if you don't want to. You can right. just drive this car traditionally how you want to. It's got over 350 miles of range, just obviously you know, with kind of fuel in the tank or even a little bit more, and then depending on how you drive it. So right. if you're interested, folks, encourage you, head to your local Volvo dealer, test drive it, and I really do encourage you to do that. Test drive it, get your family in it, um, and when you do that, let them know that John and Richard Rush from Rush to Reason and Drive Radio sent you. All right, a vehicle that I actually have talked a little bit about on Drive Radio on Saturdays, but I'll give you the formal review today, is the 2023 GMC Canyon. So this is the brother or sister, however you want to say it, to the uh, Chevy Colorado, although on the GMC version, it only comes with the 310-horsepower, 2.7-liter high-output engine. I drove the AT4 model, not the AT4X, but the AT4 model, which gives you a little bit higher stance and All of that is actually spelled out on the GMC website. But, uh, again, a truck that I have been looking forward to driving for various reasons, which a lot of you behind the scenes know. Uh, I had an older Colorado that I've driven for a number of years. Actually, I had two of those I drove for a number of years. So really been looking forward to the Canyon slash Colorado as they come out. Again, the difference in the GMC and the Chevy is the GMC is going to come standard with the high-output engine. And, frankly, has a little nicer interior to it than what the Colorado does. Now, basically the same platform truck, underpinnings, and so on. One of the things, Richard, that I was really concerned about is how well will the 2.7-liter turbo engine work? I had an opportunity to drive this vehicle all the way up the mountain over Eisenhower Pass to Breckenridge and back, and I will tell you right now, it works phenomenal. I was actually shocked at how much power it had. Uh, You run up the mountain as fast as you want to go. It's got a towing capacity this vehicle does, or I should say a a weight capacity to up to 7,700 pounds. Uh, So this is not a slouch by any means, even with a 2.7 liter engine. Interior, much more comfortable than what they've had in the past. I can attest to that personally. The only complaint, a couple of them I have, One, and I know why they did it, because they moved the back seat back a little bit to give you a little bit more room in the second row seating, which there's not much in. This comes in a crew cab configuration only with a short box. And I do have a complaint that the back seat, so GMC, Chevy, if you guys are listening, uh, GMC specifically in this case, the back seat, the back of it does not fold down any longer like it used to. The bottom folds up. There's some underseat storage. They helped you by putting some storage in the tailgate itself, which is kind of nice, but you no longer have the ability to have a nice flat rear seat like you had in the previous versions. For some people, that's a big deal. For others, it may not be. For me personally, it's actually a big deal. I like that flat folding back seat that's been there in the past that's frankly not there any longer. Uh, Outside of that, though, and the only other weird thing, Richard, that's a little bit getting used to, and it's just me. I know other people wouldn't care. It just sounds like a four-cylinder, and it's not even a four-cylinder diesel like I've had. It's just a four-cylinder, and it just doesn't sound as beefy and meaty. But don't let the sound fool you. This thing runs and performs extremely well. 
I would own one, no problem, in a heartbeat. You can go check one out at your local GMC dealer. There are some of these around right now that you can test drive. Tell them that John and Richard Rush from Drive Radio sent you. But, Richard, on top of that, any thoughts on that truck? No, again, it's been a great truck for a while. They've done a really nice job, and kind of that mid-sized pickup sort of segment is getting super competitive, and I know you were impressed by that engine. So it worked definitely well. for folks who are skeptical, I would encourage you to check it out. Yeah, and the nice thing about it, too, is it's just that mid-sized truck, so driving it does make it a lot easier to park and navigate than a full-size truck. But no, it's not a full-size truck. But again, if you're into that mid-sized world, go check it out. It is a fabulous vehicle. And with that, Richard, I will let you go. Sounds good. All right, have a great night. And with that, folks, Level Engineering, we heard from Alan Davis earlier today. And when it comes to solar, find out, and I know I say it a lot, but really, you got to find out if it's the right fit for you. There's lots of rebates and things out there that would assist you in this, but you have to make sure that it's a good fit for you and your home and where it faces, and the trees around it, and, and, and. There's a lot of factors in this, and you can't just take somebody that's standing at a kiosk somewhere telling you that, yep, solar is right for you. You don't know until you talk to Alan Davis and find out if it is. 303-378-7537. Alan Davis understands how important energy independence is, and he wants you to know how to kick the power company to the curb. Worrying about outages and the cost of extreme changes in the unforgiving Colorado climate creates anxiety. Creating your own power gives you peace of mind. No more stress about leaving your lights on when you want to, running the AC to stay comfortable, or regulating your power use because it's all your power. You will have more protection against EMP events, cyber attacks, solar flares, and more because you don't rely on public utilities to supply your power. You own the power plant, so you won't have surprise fluctuations in the bill because it's hot or cold outside. Say goodbye to surprise power bills eating into your lifestyle. Alan Davis of Level Engineering has the solution you need for complete energy independence, and he wants to share it with you. So reach out to Alan by going to klzradio.com solar today to learn more about how solar will change your life. Now back to Rush to Reason on KLZ 560. All right. And our uh, second hour is about to end. Third hour will start here in a few minutes. Kurt Roger will join. Rogers will join us from Affordable Interest Mortgage. And we'll talk a little bit about what's going in the mortgage world, including your credit score. How does that work? Credit card debt nationally and so on. And then after that, no special guests. So if there's something that's been on your mind you want to call in and talk about, we can take that call this next hour. We'll be right back. Rush to Reason, Denver's Afternoon Rush, KLZ 560.